it's gone. So it's gone. So what's an NFT and why is everyone talking about it? I don't even know when I started hearing about NFTs. I just know that 2021, there's just been a lot of noise about NFTs. And it's in part why Ethereum like shot up in prices and and if you invested in ethereum you probably made a lot of money <laughs> this year uh so what is an nft it is a non-fungible token now the word non-fungible means that it is unique it's irreplaceable there's only one of it in the world um and a token well you know what i'm gonna play a video and they're gonna break down like this guy made this video and I don't think I can explain it better than he has. So we'll watch that and talk about it. But essentially what's happening with NFTs is people are selling digital art and they're selling it for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like <laughs> it, it, it almost doesn't. In fact, someone bought a tweet, Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet on Twitter for a ridiculous amount of money. People are buying th this stuff and it's like, in a way, it makes sense, but in a way, it doesn't make sense. So let's watch this video and understand what an NFT is. Is it worth it for you to invest in one? And what's all the hype about? First, look at this tweet. The first tweet ever tweeted in the history of Twitter. The tweet was by Jack Dorsey. I'm one of the co-founders of Twitter. And this tweet was somehow just purchased for $2,915,835.40. $2 million for a tweet. <laughs> you serious? And it's not just a tweet. Just last month, a single JPEG sold for $69 million. Oh my God. The NBA is selling little moments of basketball games for hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is all sorts of digital things that people are purchasing a version of them for lots of money. Okay, we understand what non-fungible. Well, well, sorry, what non-fungible is? It's it's unique. You can't be, replace it. There's only one of it. There's only one tweet. If I tweet, it's the only one. It's unique. It's verified because it's the only one, right? Um, so that's the idea. Like the first ever tweet, you can't dispute that that was the first ever tweet, right? Uh, the question as to why we value one tweet so high. I mean, it's human psychology. When you think about it, um, human being like Twitter is so valuable, and the idea that like the first ever tweet can be found. This is something that like before technology, we would not have been able to source the first ever genius like creation from an invention or whatever, whatever I'm saying. But this, the fact that we're able to find the first ever tweet is phenomenal in of itself. So let him explain the token part of it. Let's say I want to buy three slices of pizza from my friend, Anna. She charges me $6 for these three slices. I don't use cash anymore, so I pull out my debit card, my bank card, and I swipe on her little terminal. As soon as I swipe this card, a message is sent to my bank, and it says, hey, Johnny, who has an account at your bank, wants to spend $6 on pizza, and that money needs to go to Anna's bank. This is like the bread and butter of what a bank does all day. They document every transaction that comes in from all their customers, they send out money to the other banks, and at the end of the day, they have a tally of all the money that went out of your account and into your account, and they can give you a number. They can say, based on all of these transactions, you have $50 in your bank account. And so when that request comes in, as I swipe my card, 
My bank is like, okay, so based on all of your transactions, you have $50 in your account. I can send $6 to Anna's bank, approved, and they approve the transaction. Once that money comes into Anna's bank, Anna's bank is doing the same thing. They're like, oh cool, she had $80 and now she has 86 and they add it to her record. More and more, your money is just a number on a screen. It's the result of a bunch of transactions. You don't barter with physical things and you don't use cash as much. So the bank keeping meticulous records of every transaction becomes really important. We trust the bank to do this correctly. So thank you, banks. Banks and other middlemen have been keeping stuff like this running smoothly for centuries. I mean, kind of smoothly. The NASDAQ, everything and more Was has been the completely worst wiped day out. on Wall Street. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? There have been a few bumps in the road. With the rise of the internet, people started to wonder, is there a way that we could do this same thing, coordinate this transaction of transfer of money between two people without the bank? The result is a very clever concept called the blockchain. blockchain. The blockchain fulfills the same thing the bank was doing. But instead of doing this privately on my bank account and talking to Anna's bank, all of the transactions are actually recorded publicly on the internet. So let's redo this example in a crypto world. Anna charges me six crypto coins for my three slices of pizza. I go to swipe my proverbial bank card to say, yes, I want to pay you six coins. Instead of the bank seeing that request for a transaction and trying to validate it, it goes on to this public record where a bunch of people's computers all around the world are keeping track of every single transaction of everyone, always. If I don't indeed have the six coins in my account to pay Anna, all of the people's computers who are keeping track of every single transaction will notice that there's a discrepancy. They'll be like, whoa, 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 dude, you don't have six coins. We're looking at every transaction ever and you don't have six coins. Your transaction is rejected. If I do have six coins, all of the computers looking at the public record will see that request for a transaction and they'll be like, yep, approved. You have six coins and now Anna has six coins and they'll write that transaction into the public record. Now Anna having those six extra coins is now the business of everybody. Everybody now knows that. The point here is that the group verifies the legitimacy of every transaction by keeping an eye on every transaction to make sure that it adds up. Okay, I'm getting hot at this point, so I'm taking off my orange jacket. Okay, so you're wondering, what does the blockchain and this public record have anything to do with cat gifts that sell for $600,000? Well, I'm about to tell you. So in my pizza example, we talked about blockchain as a way to verify currency transaction. I pay you this much, you pay me this much, and everybody knows how much everybody has because it's all public. But this is where it starts to bend my mind a little bit. What if we apply this to something that isn't money or currency? Let's say one day you're just looking at the ledger and the ledger is like, Johnny wants to give Anna six coins. Okay, he's got six coins approved. And then a transaction comes up that's like, a Malaysian businessman wants to give $3 million worth of coins to Jack Dorsey in exchange for a little token or digital certificate that says that the tweet is now somehow owned by the Malaysian businessman. The only thing that the blockchain cares about is does the Malaysian businessman have $3 million worth of coins? And so a bunch of computers all around the world look at the whole entire list of transactions and say like, yeah, this guy has more than $3 million worth of coins. 
approved. They approved the transaction and now it is written in a public record that is unalterable that says that this Malaysian businessman owns this tweet. The token has been transferred to somebody new. Non-fungible token, NFT. And if there's anything that gets human psychology to value something, it's if an entire group validates that it's real and that there's only one of them. There are tens of thousands of NFTs of all kinds. Some music is being given tokens. Lots of art is being minted as tokens and being bought and sold. And then of course there's uh, NBA Top Shot who's taking advantage of this. These highlight moments, these Top Shot moments from your favorite NBA players have been turned into non-fungible tokens. Jesse made headlines the other day when he paid $208,000 for a LeBron James Top Shot. Uh, it's the weirdest thing. As soon as humans have enough abundance and have their basic needs met, food, shelter, warmth, etc. The next frontier is to create value in things that have no inherent value. The value turns into psychological hype, excitement around a certain thing. We've been doing that forever. I mean, that's the whole art industry is based so on the idea of a bunch of people um, deciding that this painting, this little bit of canvas and wood and paint is valuable and thus it is valuable. It was created 12, 12.40. The only difference about now is we now the have the video. technology to do this in a non-physical way using this very sophisticated internet technology that is maturing very quickly. Okay, so this is a lot of hype and I know you're probably thinking like, cool, there's a bunch of rich people online buying and trading. All right, so what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about NFTs? Is it worth it? I think that it's just, it's an interesting place, space to look into. I think that you should definitely go check out some nft markets i think if somebody was going to build an nft market you could make a lot of money um a marketplace for uh nfts it's, a, it's an interesting thing but here's where there's a catch there's a catch the reality is that the technology that is the backbone for all of this, the, the blockchain stuff that we've been talking about, relies on the public ledger thing that I talked about. Like that is the sort of heart and soul conceptually, but mechanically, like physically, what it relies on is computers doing a bunch of little calculations all day and night forever. These computers aren't real computers. They don't have any memory or screens or anything. They, all they do is just make little micro calculations all day, all night. Most NFTs are stored on a blockchain called Ethereum. And as of now, in early April 2021, when I'm filming this, the Ethereum blockchain is using 33 terawatt hours of electricity. And you're like, what's a terawatt hour of electricity? That's the same amount of power as the country of Serbia. A reminder that generating electricity usually comes from power plants that are burning fossil fuels, that are putting carbon into the atmosphere, which is a big freaking problem. Facing a man-made disaster on a global scale. The power consumption of the Ethereum blockchain is exploding. It is just, it quadrupled in like eight months and it is showing no sign of slowing down. It is a lot of energy. And to think that that much energy is not being used to like 
move people around or produce things. It's used to like crunch numbers in a weird computer warehouse somewhere so that somebody can buy a fake token of a thing that we only, oh man, I just, I can't, it's just, it's mind blowing. It's such an ironic moment where it's like, this is all digital, it's all fake, it's not real, but it's having deeply real world effects. Ouch! So interesting, uh, pros and cons. What it does tell me is that as much as Ethereum prices have soared up this year, I don't know if it's going to be this year. I don't know when it's going to be. But based on what he said about it being powered by, you know, how many terawatts, 33, whatever that terawatts, that just tells me that, like, So Tyler Winklevoss, one of the founders of Facebook, the, remember if you watch the Facebook movie, the social network movie, he's one of the twins that like, uh, it was their, Facebook was their idea and Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg stole the idea according to that movie. Yeah, so he's predicting it's gonna go as high. Bitcoin's digital gold, right? It's sort of moving value from A to B and there doesn't seem to be a huge appetite in the community to to experiment or sort of screw it up, right? It's like, we've got a good yeah. thing going. Let's not run too fast. Let's not um, be too exotic. Whereas Ethereum is like your, it's a decentralized operating system. So the promise is that you can create these applications on top of it, permissionless. So if, if Ether is your, your global computer in the future, what's that worth? Um, it's gotta be a ton and it's gotta be worth um, as much as digital gold, I would think, maybe yeah. more. Yep. So put on a 25 to 30x multiple on the price of a Bitcoin today, which is let's say 18,000, 20,000, um, that easily gets you to $500,000 of Bitcoin. So if we're right that um, Bitcoin is better than gold, and the way we get to that is we look at the characteristics of why people find gold valuable, it's scarce, it's portable, it's divisible, Bitcoin's uh, better than scarce. It's fixed. You can send it like email. You can divide a Bitcoin into 100 million pieces. So across the board, all of the reasons why humanity has found gold valuable for the last multi-millennia, Bitcoin beats it. So it should be worth as much or more than Total. gold. And for that to happen, a Bitcoin has to be worth 500,000 uh, dollars a Bitcoin. Bitcoin is essentially digital gold and ethereum is digital oil and understanding that the reason why it's digital oil is because we have it supports different things i'm assuming like an nft and possibly other digital things in the future um and so it could happen but at the same time when you look at the environmental implications of these cryptocurrencies I don't know. <laughs> and but then the next question is who's going to crack down and and stop them? Because when you look when you think about when you think about if a government says they're going to come after crypto and they want to stop cuz like essentially like you're running all this electricity just to power these computers, we're going to shut it down, right? But then what <laughs> look at yourself as a cover as a, as a government why are you as a government um 
running this amount of like, you, like I, I don't even know how many how much electricity U.S. consumes Ethereum. It's not going to be as much as the U.S. government. So like, what does that mean? If the U.S. government wants to crack down on it, well, could the people fight back and say, well, you reduce your usage of electricity, you reduce your stuff. So, I mean, these are the questions. So to conclude, because we've brought, we looked at NFTs, we've looked at blockchain and we've looked at Ethereum and crypto. So what is the conclusion and what does this really mean? Is this something to invest in? Is it something that's risky? I think like any market, as long as we continue to place value on those things, it's going to have value no matter what. So if we don't place value on these things, then it will likely crash. And that's kind of my conclusion. I think if you want to invest in it, I think it's a good opportunity as long as the value is there. I don't think it's going to crash anytime soon. So right now is the time to take advantage of it. Um, but if you are an environmentalist and you don't support the way, uh, what it's doing to the environment, then I understand why you choose to not invest into it. But also look at your own government and look at what they're doing to the to the planet and ask the question, should they be doing that too? So those are my thoughts. Uh, that's what, you know, NFTs are. Um, if you have any questions, comments, please leave them below. If you feel like I said anything that was inaccurate and you want to, you know, chime in, put your, your, your own thoughts down, please do leave a comment down below. This video is brought to you by Brand Video Pros Members Lab, where we help you increase your sales and influence as an entrepreneur and as an influencer. So link, link is down below. Go check out that online course and don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on all socials and see you in the next one. My name is Kenan. Peace.